take your Bible, go to Psalm 138. You know, when I was in the bike club uh, years ago, they used to say about, uh, about us, uh, they said, outlaws are uh, like children. They're, uh, they're, they're easily entertained, but they have a short attention span. <laughs> uh, then I got saved, and Christians are that way. We're easily entertained, but we have a short attention span. Amen. Somebody said, well, I think so-and-so has ADHD. I said, everybody I've ever met has ADHD, I think, <laughs> in this day and age. Amen. We just uh, sang about the Bible. I, I, when I got saved in jail, I was given a Bible. Well, I was given this Bible two weeks before I got saved, and I just leafed through it like convicts do. And, uh, and then after I got saved, a year or two later, I, I remembered something, and I went back and found it. And uh, here's what it says. The King James Bible. Said this book reveals the word of God. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let's start over. This book reveals the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. That's Amen. that's a boatload right there. Amen. Its doctrines are holy. Its precepts are binding. Its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. Practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to sustain you, and comfort to cheer you. Christ is its grand subject. Our good is its design, and the glory of God its end. Here, too, is heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given you in life, will be opened at the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest labor, and condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. Owned, it is riches. Studied, it is wisdom. Trusted, it is salvation. Loved, it is character. And obeyed, it is power. All that refers to one book. That's quite a resume. So you guys sure make a big deal out of the King James Bible. Well, now you know why. Amen. I love the old Bible. Not the new Bible. I love the old Bible. Psalm 138. Look with me. I will start in verse 1. I will praise thee with my whole heart. You know what's going on today. Churches all over America, people are punching the clock, doing their duty, showing up at church. They're not praising God with their whole heart. Their mind is on a lot of other things. Not the formula for spiritual success. Uh, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Notice God is, uh, God's in that verse is uh, small g. There's a lot of gods. We were coming out of a campground one day on our way to church, and there was a gym. There was 50, 60 cars in the parking lot. And my wife said, well, that church is full this morning. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, amen. Uh, before that gods, I'll tell you what, they have a game a game on, uh, on uh, a Sunday 
Man, it'll be packed. It'll be full. People will be shouting, excited, getting there early to get a front row seat. <laughs> Say, well, they're more entertaining than you are. Well, if you came to be entertained, you might be in the wrong place. But if you're interested in truth, we'll just, uh, this ain't a, you know, they have a such thing as a TED talk. I'm not really sure what that is, but this ain't a Dave talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to open the Bible and see what the Bible says. Is that understandable? All right. And then verse 2. It says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. And then look what it says. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. It said, praise thy name for his loving kindness and then for thy truth. The Bible says in John 17, 17, thy word is truth. And then what a statement. Uh, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. If it wasn't for that word, you and I wouldn't even know his name. Amen. So, you know, without saying, thank God for his word. Amen. That the word Bible, we're talking about the Bible this morning. And that word Bible gets thrown around a lot. If you go to a place that maybe claims to be a Christian bookstore, I found that most of them aren't very Christian at all. But they'll have a shelf full of books and maybe a hundred different versions will say Holy Bible on the cover and don't resemble this book in hundreds of places. So let's just for clarity, I'm talking about that King James Bible. I'm a Bible believer. The authorized version of 1611. There's a lot of things. There's some gray area. There's some wiggle room in a lot of ways and a lot of things. You're welcome to have your own opinion about things. But where I draw the line is that book. And I know I'm in good company. Amen. And, uh, and the word Bible this morning is so powerful that it's used in non-spiritual applications. And I, I know that people in here are going to know what I'm referring to. When I was a lost man uh, back in northern Ohio in the 70s, there was a thing called the Shooter's Bible. How many ever heard of the Shooter's Bible? Shooter's Bible. And it, I mean, it had information on shotguns and ammo and the latest equipment and everything. And they were declaring that they were the authority on the subject of firearms. And they named their book Bible. They were, they, some of them had a better grasp on it than some of us. Hold on a second. Amen. <laughs> There's something called a fisherman's Bible. Amen. I talked to a friend of mine yesterday and he's talking about fishing. I said, I ain't going fishing with you no more. He goes, why? He says, well, you catch fish and I don't. He goes, well, and he laughed. Yeah, because that's true. And I said, when I go fishing, if I buy a good pole and get the best bait and go out to a good place, right with other preachers that are fishing, and they'll catch fish here and there, and I'm standing in the middle doing every. I read books on how to, and I can't catch a fish. Amen. And they laugh at me, and uh, and uh, I figured out. I figured out. One day I was out there, and it was quiet out at this lake, and I hear this laughter. And I'm going, there's nobody around. And it was the fish. <laughs> I'm standing there, and I capped out, and I'm doing everything. And the fish are like, oh, 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 that guy thinks we're going to get on that hook. He's crazy. <laughs> that day I needed a fisherman's Bible. Amen. 
There's a boating Bible. I bet you, how many ever heard of that? Land of 10,000 lakes? Oh, let me break it to you. There's a boating Bible. Amen. I'll tell you what, this is really necessary. There's a golfer's Bible. And I better shut up. I went to a church in California one time, and a preacher said, okay, Brother Spurgeon, what day do you want to go golfing? And I said, golfing? I don't go golfing. He said, well, I don't know if you could really be called to preach if you don't golf. Ha ha. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, I didn't get that saved. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Fresh out of plaid short pants. Sorry. You know, no. Not doing it. <laughs> so we're going to brag on the Bible this morning for a few minutes. Father, I love you and uh, pray and ask that you just continue to meet with us like you have this week. Thank you for a good spirit in here today. Lord, we're bragging on you. We're bragging on your book. May something that's said just be an encouragement to everybody here. And like uh, Michael prayed, and we've been praying all week. If there's somebody in our midst today or, or, or somebody that's been here that's not saved, doesn't know they're, for sure they're going to heaven, I pray that they'd nail that thing down. Because at the end of the day, nothing else is going to matter. Father, please, I pray it help me to attempt to minister for your glory and the benefit of your folk. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Take your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 7. Let me say some things about the book today. It is our foundation. It is our foundation, Matthew chapter 7. Amen. I know Andre's out there digging a foundation. I, I saw pictures. And uh, the way Bob described all the hard work he was doing, I was surprised to see a crane. What do you call that? A backhoe? What was that? I thought, man, he made it sound like he was doing it with shovels. I'm going, amen. No, don't get me wrong. That's the way to do it. That's for sure. Amen. And uh, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 uh, and the Lord speaking, he said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And I'm not a builder, and uh, I never built a house. I've tore some up pretty good, but, uh, uh, but it looks like uh, it makes it pretty clear that uh, uh, it's important to have a solid foundation. That's what all those footers were for I saw in the pictures. Amen. And Jesus Christ says, uh, says, you build your house upon a rock, you're wise. And then he uh, correlates it to his word. If you'll hear the words that I say and then put them into practice, then you're wise there. The Bible is our foundation. Uh, I go by places all the time, different states. One year I'll go by and it's a field and I'll come back and there's 20 houses. There's a, a plat of, uh, 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 what do you call it, a neighborhood or whatever. Uh, 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 houses and they all look exactly alike. They're all built by the same company and, uh, and that's all well and good. But I know this, uh, from one end of a field to the other, the ground can be different. Even though all the houses might look good and although they might all go up, even though they might all sell for the same price, Depending on our foundation, when the storms come, they all ain't going to weather it the same. He says this in verse, uh, 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 well, I'll keep going about the house upon a rock, verse 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Verse 26, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not. I remember a story about a, three, a man, a pastor, and, and two deacons went out deer hunting. And uh, so they're all out deer hunting, and they're spread out. 
and uh, all of a sudden this deer jumps up, and, uh, and all three of them fire exactly the same time. You can just hear one loud shot. The deer goes down, and every one of them is absolutely convinced that they're the one that killed it. And they converge on this deer only to their dismay to see that Pastor and the other two, all three of them, were right there. And they're all claiming that they killed the deer. And a game warden's going down the road, and he sees these three men out in the middle of this field, and he goes out there. And he said, uh, what's going on? And they said, well, this deer jumped up, and I shot it. And these guys say they shot it. And they said, no, you didn't shoot it. I shot it. And so they're arguing about who shot it. And the game warden said, uh, uh, they introduced themselves. I'm the pastor. These are my deacons. And they're usually much more, you know, but today they want to argue. And, uh, <laughs> and the game warden said, well, let me check this deer out. And so the deer, game warden looked the deer over. And uh, he stood up and he said, without a shadow of a doubt, the pastor's the one that killed this deer. And the, uh, and the other two guys went, wait a minute, how can you tell? How can you discern that? And the, and the game warden said, because that bullet went in one ear and right out the other. <laughs> Does it ever feel like that, preacher? Amen. Jesus Christ said in verse 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of, my, sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. I'm sure it looked very nice. And the rain descended, and the floods came, just like the other one. And the wind blew, just like the other one, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Amen? And he's likening those two houses and those two foundations, same storm, likening them to the Christian, and whether you stand or fall, Depends on what you do with what Jesus Christ said. That's our foundation. You can be saved and you can be nice and you can have a lot of things going for you. But whether or not you're going to survive the storms of life is going to have something to do with what you do with that book. Say, well, it, I mean, come on, that's not a stretch. Jesus Christ said it pretty clearly. I'm happy to report tonight that we have a foundation and that foundation is, uh, is the word of God. Uh, let me say this about the Bible. It, uh, I was in a church. I hadn't been saved very long, but I went in there and gave my testimony. And there was a uh, plaque on the wall, and it said, The King James Bible is our final authority in all manner of faith and practice. And uh, in all matters, I think. And I thought, now that is one catchy Bible believer slogan right there. That's profound. That says it all. But take your Bible. Go to Psalm 119. 119. I got so much water up here now, I felt like a sailor. Grandpa, that is so sweet. <laughs> Lord willing, I'm going to see my grandkids next week. Yours are all nice and everything, but I'm starting to miss mine. Amen. And uh, Psalm 119 and verse 89. And the Bible says this, Forever. O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That sounds pretty final. Amen. So in other words, that's way more than a uh, catchy slogan. It's truth. Amen. We know that uh, just since we've been here last time, a lot of things have changed in our country. Amen. And a lot of things change in people's individual lives. Things like that. I'm happy today. That uh, there's one thing, well, there's two things, really, that will not change. 
Now, the Bible says, I think, well, I think it's Hebrews 10. Uh, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not worried about him changing. The most important thing uh, that I'm happy about Jesus Christ is I'm happy he won't change his mind about taking me to heaven when I die. And I tell you something else that won't change. You don't have to worry about it. It's that book. I tell you what, that's comforting when you don't know from one day to the next what's going to come on the screen. Uh, my theory is leave the screen down <laughs> more, more than you do. Amen. Uh, my wife uh, was dealing with a girl one time, lady, young lady. Uh, she needed, uh, she had some issues. And uh, my wife said, well, uh, and she turned up her, the girl said, what's going on? And she said, all right. And she turned to a place in her Bible. And read the verse, and the girl knew that she's supposed to be a Bible believer. You know, we say that sometimes when eventually it shows that we don't. Here's what I mean. Uh, my wife read the verse and said, well, in that case, then, and the, and the girl added some information, then said, uh, yeah, I get it, but, and added more information. And that went on for a long time. Long time. Every time my wife, she would... Go to the Bible. I mean, she's a smart girl. She's got a lot of experience. But at the end of the day, our advice needs to come from that book. So she's well versed in the word of God. And she would go to and the girl kept saying, yeah, but, but, but. My wife finally closed her Bible and said, well, I, I can't help you. I guess the Bible works for everybody except you. And she got to drift. And what I hope you do, because what I'm saying is the Bible does work for everybody. But you got to let it. You got to let it. You keep thinking you're the exception and uh, you're not. You're in a category of your own and uh, you're not alone. And a lot of people are in for a rude awakening. And some of them it's going to be when they lift up their eyes in hell. And some of them are going to be when they get the judgment seat of Christ and uh, find out that the things that we've been saying were important, were important. Amen. Amen. So you're welcome to have your own opinions and your own uh, ideas and thoughts about things. And I'm glad that I, we're not a bunch of cookie cutter, you know, clones and all that. I would never fit, fit into a, that kind of Christianity, and I'm not part of that kind of Christianity. But I will say this, at the end of the day, the Word of God is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Amen. Amen. So uh, here's, what, uh, here's, the, uh, here's what we go by. What saith the Scriptures? Amen. Talking about the Bible this morning. John chapter 17, I alluded to it. John chapter 17 and verse 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word. He doesn't even leave it out there for you to figure out. Thy word is truth. And in a world where you don't know what to believe, thank God we have truth. Amen. Amen. I had a guy come up to me in New York one time, uh, about the third day of a meeting, and, uh, and he says, uh, uh, Mr. Spurgeon, uh, I have a question. And I said, okay. And he said, well, have you heard about, and he started, and I know this is some kind of internet conspiracy kind of thing. And the internet conspiracy kooks, which would include you if you are one, I don't know. Uh, uh, they have ways of finding each other. They throw out little feelers. And if they, you know what I mean? Some of you know exactly what I mean. And, uh, and this guy threw something out, and I know where he's going. And I looked at him, and I went, I didn't say nothing. And he, so he, he was disappointed because he wanted me to say, yeah, 
I read that, you know. And I'm looking at him, and he goes out, and he gives me another bit of information, and I don't say nothing. And he gives me another bit of information, and uh, he said, no, Brother Spurgeon, I mean it. He knows I don't believe him. He said, it's documented. It's documented. Don't believe me. You can read it yourself and go to www.imanidiot.com and, uh, and read, it, read it for yourself. And I looked at him, and I said, so, you believe everything you read on the Internet? And he's getting my drift now. And he didn't say nothing. I said, man, if I knew, if I knew my Bible as well as you know that stuff, I'd be a better preacher. And I said, and if you knew your Bible as well as you know that stuff, you'd be a better Christian. Now, if that shoe fits anybody in here, wear it. Amen. This is where I smile because I'm having more fun than some of you right now. (laughs) Amen. I'm just happy that the Bible says thy word is truth. I need truth. I lied to myself for a long time. It's amazing what you can talk yourself into. Amen. I needed truth. I got truth. I'll tell you something else about the Bible. It's pure. It says this in Psalm 119 and verse 140, Thy word is very pure. Therefore thy servant loveth it. Psalm 12 verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. That's the only pure book ever written. The Library of Congress has around 30 million books cataloged. Amen? Outside of a King James Bible, they're in a pure book in that place. Thank God we got one. I got a bunch of them. Amen? Several of them. Psalm 20, I'm sorry, Job 23. Talking about the Bible. We've been preaching on everything else. The Lord showed me. We're going to brag on the word of God for a little bit this morning. Is that okay still? Good. Remember, there's donuts at the end. (laughs) If you survive. The donuts will be at the altar today. Amen? Oh, I got to write that down. I'll use that. <laughs> you know, the crying shame is that might work somewhere. <laughs> uh, Job 23 and verse 12. There Job says this. He says, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Esteem means honor. And respect means to treasure. I just want to encourage you to treasure the word of God today. That is the definitive verse that proves that Job was not a Baptist. (laughs) Some of you will get that never. (laughs) Let me say this. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, our Bible is a little over 400 years old in English. And just prior to that, Christians were persecuted, imprisoned, burned at the stake. To get that Bible into English so that you and I could have them in our lap, but that we don't read like we should sometimes. You ready? Now, uh, we got to go over and preach in Scotland, and uh, there's a beheading stone downtown Edinburgh, and it's a tourist attraction. And people go there, and they go to see the crown jewels in Edinburgh Castle, and then they go to see this big beheading stone. And then you read the inscription on that thing, and it says in the late 1500s, thousands of, thousands of Christians were beheaded 
for not renouncing faith alone in Jesus Christ and returning to the Church of Scotland. And people are standing around there, oh, I've been to the beheading. It reminded me of going through Pearl Harbor and seeing Japanese tourists smiling and grinning with the Arizona Memorial in the background. None of the Americans were grinning. There's a cemetery outside of, uh, outside of Edinburgh, uh, Greyfriars Cemetery, where there's a mass grave of 18,000 bodies. Buried for not renouncing faith alone in Jesus Christ. That's what it took to get that book to where we've got it. Amen. That's why we make a big deal about it. Because it's a big deal to God. You'd be doing yourself a favor to love that old Bible. Amen. And uh, amen, we sang it. And uh, it says this in Psalm 100. I love the old Bible, what I'm referring to. It says in Psalm 119 and verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Amen. Amen. (laughs) That's the only time great peace shows up in your whole Bible. And it had to do with what God said. Amen. In a world full of turmoil and chaos and apprehension, loving the word of God will give you great peace. In spite of it, my world is not rocked by what comes on the news tomorrow. Amen. I'm just not going to let it. I refuse. I have great peace. Why? Because the Bible says I can. Because my 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 hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteous. Amen. You follow me? Amen. And so uh, great peace have they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Which I find really curious, because in the old days, we would go to the bar, drink, get drunk, go outside sometimes, and fight, and then go back in and get over it. But people that claim to be Bible believers will get at aught with one another and never get over it. Now, I don't know how to explain that, but the Bible's never wrong. So evidently, somebody's not loving the word of God as much as they should. Somebody's forgotten that even as God, uh, uh, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you, even, yeah, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you, then we're supposed to forgive one another. You better learn to get over it or quit telling me you love that book. All right. You need to respect it. It says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's the most power. That book is the most powerful force on this planet. Amen. Amen. I'm a vet. We got some vets in here uh, today. And uh, boy, the United States military, we have got some stuff in our arsenal. Amen. That I mean can definitely... Uh, 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 divide asunder joints and marrow. (laughs) But we don't have nothing that can divide asunder soul and spirit. That book can. You hear me? You ought to respect that right there. And uh, it says it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know what that means? That means when you're reading that Bible, it's reading you. And it's reading your motive. And you want to find a verse, you want to, you want to start a denomination to get glory for yourself. And you, whatever it is, you want to handle rattlesnakes? 
I'll give you a verse. It says you can handle venomous snakes. We're in West Virginia one time. We're way up in the hills. And uh, one of the kids said, Dad, this isn't one of the places where they handle rattlesnakes, is it? And I said, no. And I'm thinking, I hope not. <laughs> and we go in, and the kids are all talking, and they made friends easy and everything. And I'm looking around, and it's an old, old church, 150-year-old church. And up by the, off to the side by the pulpit is a wooden box about this big. And I spotted that, and I walked. So when the kids are preoccupied, I walked over. I walked over to that box, and I'm just standing there, and I went. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing was started rattling. I said, get in the bus, kids. <laughs> it's amazing, the people that believe you have to be baptized to get to heaven. And if you want to start a denomination based on water baptism, I can give you the verses. But you got to take them way out of context. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? That Bible knows your motive. You go to that Bible as a former drug addict, drunk, professional criminal, and you go to that with childlike faith and say, God, my life's a mess. Speak to me, and he will. Yeah. Amen. And he did me. Amen. And he still does me. Amen. See, I got to a place where I was able to admit to God that I might not be as smart as I think I am. And that's the problem with some people in churches all over America today. You think you're smarter than you really are. And you've got it laid out before you on a silver platter and you ain't got enough sense to get some. And our prayer is that you get it. Before it's too late. Amen. You know that Bible, and we go through rough stuff. But that Bible is our source of comfort. It says in uh, Romans 15, or verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Paul drew so much comfort out of the Scriptures that he wrapped up 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 with, these, with this. Verse 18, it says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. And that's talking about death. Amen. So, just for the sake of comfort, let me give you a, a, a weather forecast. Ready? God rains and the sun shines. I thought that was over your head. I thought that was cute. One of my kids probably, where's the pen? Crossing that out. Amen. Bible salvation is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, isn't it? It's not religious. I didn't get any religion. I don't want any religion. Bible Christianity is having a personal relationship with the Bible. Let me say some things and I'll be done. I read the verse this morning and it's an important verse. It says in Psalm 119 verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. You've got the Word of God. You've got it in book form. You've got it on your phone. You've got it on a computer. You've got it on little plaques in your kitchen. We've got Bible all around us. It's time to make sure it's hid in our heart because there might be a time where we don't have some of this other stuff. Richard Wormbrand was a Lutheran pastor, I think, in Romania and was uh, locked up when the communists took over and put in, I think he was in solitary confinement for 14 years. He didn't even have a window. He came out more spiritual than he went in, and that is the exception. But why? What's the what's the answer there? 
he had a lot of Bible hid in his heart when he went in. Let me tell you, there might be a time, you've got the chance now. There might be a time come where you won't have the opportunities you've got right now. Amen. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Somebody asked me, Brother Spurgeon, why do you think there's so much sin problem amongst Christians? Talking about our crowd. I think the answer might have something to do with the verse. Duh. Psalm 119 and verse 16 says, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. We need to uh, hide in our heart. We need to delight in it. Like he said, uh, it says his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know how you delight in the word of God day and night? Read it every day. Read it every day. So, well, I'm not a reader. Well, you're doing, chances are you're reading something every day. Amen. I'm not a reader either. My wife's a reader. She reads everything. Amen. I get to study my Bible and my motorcycle calls me. I go out to the garage. I don't even know why I'm out there. I'm standing there. I got nothing to do. It's just that's my comfort zone. Reading isn't. But I'm a Bible believer. Well, how are you going to believe something you don't know what it says? So you force yourself. The things that come easy to you are easy. And some things you just need to learn how to do that may not come easy. Do them anyway. It's called character. Amen. Amen. And more of Christians these days are concerned with being characters than they are having it. That was pretty profound, wasn't it? I'll amen myself again. I guess I already did. Amen. You know, you read your Bible every day, say, I'm not much of a reader. Get yourself one of them Bible reading schedules. I've had people come and tell me I never read through my Bible in one year until I got one with some structure. Because that keeps, you know, just the cares of this life from interrupting. We had a lady come to us uh, last year in New York City and say, uh, uh, I've never read, I've been saved 20 years, I've read through my Bible cover to cover, but I never read through it in one year like we talk about. Uh, until Miss Sue uh, gave her one of these calendars that we have, and, uh, and she followed it, and now she's following it, and she's in through it her third time. Amen. Just read your, that's how you delight in it. You learn to love it. Read a proverb a day. Amen. That's so convenient. 31 proverbs. Amen. Read one proverb a day. Someone said to me, well, what about the days that don't have 31, the months that don't have 31 days? And I looked at them like there's idiots. Amen. <laughs> you can't figure something out there. I mean, come on. But uh, there's more. The Proverbs are full of practical wisdom, but you need to read more than that. Amen. Meditate on it. What does it say? It said delight and meditate there in Psalm 1, verse 2. What does meditate mean? This is deep now. Ready? It means think about it. Think about, what is that? Don't just read it through to put a check mark at the end of the page so you can brag on. Think about what it says. Every word in that book is there on purpose. Amen? So uh, God wants you to get something every time you read it. You ever heard the saying quality over quantity? Amen. All right, so uh, take the, now go to Psalm 16. And uh, here's where I say I'm almost done. I don't even know why we say that. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's so fun to say. Because some of you are so hoping I mean it. 
Oh, I don't even know that. We got a good spirit here, good attitude here. Uh, Psalm 16, I want to give you a verse, and I just want to say, this is probably a coincidence. Probably a coincidence, but Psalm 16, verse 11. You can explain that to him on Wednesday, Bob, what I meant. Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. Doesn't the Bible do that? In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. Well, this world's all interested in pleasure. It won't bother me a bit to see Disney World go down in flames. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and uh, I just want to say to you, the closest thing you have in this life to his presence is this book. Think about what it says. Amen. And uh, maybe the reason some Christians lack joy, and I'm not saying they're not saved, but boy, I look around. Some people, joy is not what comes to mind when I look at their mug. Amen. Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Some of you are more concerned about strength here than you are here. And it shows. Amen. Just went to meddling, did I? What happened there? I don't know. Some Christians don't have the victory that uh, Jesus Christ would like to give them because they don't spend any time in the presence of the Lord by way of the Bible. Amen. Uh, Some Christians are very easily caught up in the cares of this life. And it's probably to a large degree because they're spending very little time in his presence. I got news for you. Are you saved? Eternity is in his presence. I hope you learn to like it. <laughs> Amen. Little kid was uh, talking to his mom, seven, eight-year-old little kid, and his, uh, there's a big old Bible, one of the big family Bibles on the shelf, and, and little kid says, uh, says uh, Mom, whose book is that? And the mom, you know, she's all dignified, indignant then, and says, by Johnny, that's God's book. And little Johnny says, shouldn't we give it back? Nobody around here is using it. (laughs) You can have a stack of them, Jack. They don't mean nothing. You do better to donate them to the Goodwill so maybe somebody gets some help. You do better to hide it in your own heart, though, wouldn't you? So uh, Philippians 2 and verse 10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. That makes that the most important name there is. Would you agree? Amen. But our text said, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. What does that say about the importance of his Bible? If it's that important to him, it ought to be more important to us than it should. You know that. You hear that. You're being reminded of that. My job is to stir you up by putting you in remembrance of things you already know. This evidently was important enough to the Lord that he laid it on my heart to bring to you today. I'm not claiming to have brought in any new revelation. Every, I haven't preached one thing this week you ain't heard before. Amen? So if you're saved, are you saved? Amen. I didn't even look. If you are, it's, because, it's not because you're a good person. It isn't because you go to church. It isn't because you got get baptized. It isn't because you didn't die in a car wreck. 
I had talked to a person, are you saved? Yes, I was in a wreck, and I should have died, but I didn't die. God saved me. I went, he saved your life. Maybe so you'd give some serious consideration to his, letting him save your soul. I had somebody say, yeah, I'll go to heaven. I never killed anybody. Well, well, I'm really glad to hear that, but that's not the parameter. If you're saved, it's because the Bible told you how to be. Say, no, it was grandma. I'm going to tell you what, you take that thing back, it's because the Bible told us how to be. Amen. Amen. If you're not, the Bible has some good news for you. You know, somebody said, I got some good news and some bad news. What do you want first? So I'm going to give you the bad news first. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The context is eternity. We're not talking about good life. We're talking about heaven or hell. And what you earn by being a human is eternity in hell. I know that's not very cheerful. And in case you're wondering about who that applies to, the Bible says all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's just the way it is. You don't have to like it. Amen. And uh, so the wages of sin is death. That doesn't sound very cheerful, but the verse doesn't stop there. And it goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you don't get to turn over a new leaf or go straight. You got to receive the gift of eternal life. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. We had a little birthday party here yesterday. I didn't see the birthday boy turning down any of the gifts. <laughs> and neither do you. Well, he's offering a gift that's the ultimate gift. Amen. Forgiveness of sin. Yeah. Redemption. Amen? If you're in here and you're not saved, the good news is you still can be. And you definitely need to be. It was the most expensive gift ever purchased. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now here's where it gets good. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's you. That's me. That's whosoever. Amen. I'm so glad I got in on it. The best news there is, is this. You don't have to go to hell. You can if you want to. But you don't have to. God doesn't want you to. And we sure enough don't want you to. Now, if you're not sure where you're going to spend eternity, well, here's a novel idea. One of us would be happy, man with a man, lady with a lady. We got teenagers in here that could show a person how to be saved. If you're not sure where you would spend eternity, we would be happy to open the Bible and show you what it says. Not what we think. Not the Baptist nothing. We'll show you what the Bible says about how you can have your sins forgiven. And you'll leave here with something that uh, you're going to wish you'd have got in on earlier. I know that was my case. Let's all stand. Let's all stand, take a moment. Now, you uh, Christians, now we've just been bragging on the Bible, and you know all that stuff, and you know whether or not your relationship has slipped, and if it is, you ought to take a moment and ask God to help you with that.
Now, if I have to on a regular basis, how could it be you don't have to ask God for help ever? And you do. And you should. And you need to take advantage of that. Now, you listen to the preacher. Because if you're in here and you're not saved, man, you can be. Amen. It's a great book. Maybe you're here this morning and, uh, like Brother Dave said, maybe you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know, folks, the only way that we know that we can be saved is because of this book. Everything revolves around the book. But if you've never been saved, this book will show you how to be saved. But you need to ask for it. Uh, Father, we thank you again for an opportunity to be here on a Sunday morning. Uh, Lord, we've heard an awful lot this week. But what we heard this morning is uh, the foundation. Uh, Father, your book was exalted, lifted up, and we were reminded once again just how uh, powerful it is, just how alive it is, just how important it is. Father, help us to remember those things. This book is more than just ink on a page. It is the very words of God given to men. So help us to regard it that way. Uh, help us to cherish it, love it, uh, tuck it away in our heart. And Father, to, uh, to go to it when we have problems and when we have struggles, when we have questions, because it has the answers. We love you. Just pray that uh, this book would, would be closer to us, would be closer to this book. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.